Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, thankfully as usual, JJ Armstrong joins me as usual. JJ, how are you? Uh, disturbed because I've just listened to Jacob make a pingu sound with his ear, which is mental. <coughs> that's, that's not normal. That is not that's a normal not a pingu noise anyway. That's I can crazy. do pingu. <laughs> anyway, I'm great. How are you, Jacob? <laughs> I'm better for having to make pingo noises, mate. Pingo, pingo noises. Yeah, good, fine, mate. Good. Thank you. What a start! What um, a start to the podcast. What a start. Um, I suppose, and then we we jumped uh, a two-footed tackle, uh, a la Paul Scholes, who could do everything but tackle, into the first game. We're going to talk about well, the only I suppose the only game we're going to review and one we're going to preview is the Everton draw at the weekend. JJ. Um, I think everybody could have, would agree it was a huge match. Me and you made the decision a while ago not to go. Obviously, we have to get tickets so far in advance. This game at the time meant absolutely niche. Um, we both realised on Sunday uh, it was did not mean niche. We should have been there. Um, we apologised only to ourselves. Um, You're giving us a bad rep there. You're making it sound like we only go to games that that mean something. What the, well, re- the real reason was, I live in Leeds and it's on a Sunday, so it's a pain. And it's Everton. I can't really be bothered to watch Everton. And that was with Frank Lampard. Um, so with Sean Dyche, it's even worse. That's literally what I just said. Well, we, had to, we had to buy the tickets six weeks ago. And six weeks ago, this game didn't mean anything. Okay. We go, we go to any <laughs> game regardless of its stature. Yeah. Yeah. We neither of us had any interest in watching Everton play. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we beef is... Crack on, crack on. <laughs> so the game starts, um, obviously, you know, it's, it's a bit of a Tessie affair. Um, I think Shelby, I was expecting, I mean, uh, overall in the game, I was expecting more from Shelby. Um, that's a different point, I suppose. But his tackle, at first, I thought he won the ball, like, genuinely confident he won the ball and VAR would overturn it. I saw one replay and went, oh, what have you done? Um, he's lunged in. There's no, there's no brain cells kicking into gear there. He he's got both arms out as if to already say that he's innocent or that he wants no part of the tackle. Uh, I'm not sure why anybody, yeah, unless you, you've got to be over a certain point, haven't you, of, of surety when you're in the box that you're going to win the ball. And he was at zero percent at all times. He was never ever going to get that ball. Um, do I think Dwight McNeil saw his legs get stuck out and, and dive over it? I want to dive or jump over it. He definitely took a tumble uh, a bit, I was a bit theatrically, but he definitely saw the leg and thought, ah, thank you very much. But yeah, definitely 100% a penalty. Um, and a good finish by Damari Gray against uh, three-time European Cup winning goalkeeper Kaylon Navas, who's in our goal. Um and then I, th- I think the reaction to that was really, really positive. Um, some really, really good play. Um, Did uh, you know, the thing is, uh, like, it's very frustrating that it takes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Ten. I don't know when this called. Was it ten minutes? I, I sort of lose track because the first bit they of the game. On. Go on. When did it? Ten. Ten. The first part of the game was very much Everton off the blocks. Uh, we were it felt from the start this is going to be a long day, and within the first five minutes, I thought this midfield isn't going to work. Uh, this is going to be frustrating. Everton was straight off the blocks, and 
We, I mean, agree with the penalty. When I first saw it, I thought, that is soft as shit. Yep. Then the replay happened, and I went, ah, oh, man. But I don't, I mean, we can praise the response, um, but it didn't yeah. need it. It didn't need, why does it take Forrest to, to go down Always before happened. we um, have a response? It feels like lately we, we've started quite slowly. Um, and yep. then we start to show what we're about. And once we show what we're about, I couldn't see the result going any other way than a Forest win uh, after Johnson equalised because it just looked, it wasn't great because of yep. the nature of the game, but it, it felt like we had enough. Um, but I just don't think it should have taken us going a goal down to get any foothold in the game. Um, yeah. I think we're quite lucky that we did uh, get one back because... There's a lot of talk prior to this game of the the fans are going to be the most important uh, sort of 12th man, so to speak, and carry the team through. We need a fortress-like atmosphere, similar to Man City, all that, all that nonsense. It got dampened straight away with the way we started and conceding the goal so early. So I think we were quite lucky in a respect to get that goal back at an okay time and, and sort of get back in it. Yeah. I mean, I think it was good playing the build up for our, for the equalizer. I think with the kind of, the play had been kind of building towards that ever since they scored. Um, really, really nice play of Morgan Gibbs White and Chris Wood on the edge of the box. Unlucky for Gibbs White's efforts not to go into the back of the net. Old T-Rex in goal for them. Jordan Pickford spills it straight out. Uh, and a smart finish from Brennan Johnson who's following in as he's done a few times this season and did quite a lot last season, which was great to see. Very similar to the goal that he scored um, in the reverse fixture against Everton um, back towards the start of the season, which was good to see and good to see his reaction as well. He, he looked almost angry that he'd had to yeah. be polite. That thing, which was, I, 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 you really expect from somebody from Nottingham who's playing for their boyhood club. Yeah, so. I mentioned to you earlier that pre-World Cup, I think Brennan Johnson was a bit of a wimp. Um, he would... I think I don't think it must be because of the World Cup. Wimp Wimp is a really harsh way of saying it. I don't agree with that at all. So I disagree with my own point. But um, he would <laughs> uh, not go into sort of big tackles. I felt like he was skirting around the fact like he didn't want to get injured or whatever. The physicality didn't seem there. However, the look in his eyes um, on Sunday against Everton was <laughs> impressive. Like you say, he did almost look angry. And mm. I think early on, Ben Godfrey absolutely clattered him. And I thought, oh, God, that's going to really put Johnson off the next time. So it put me off. Um, but the next time it, it, Godfrey got anywhere near him, Johnson gave him quite a lot back. Uh, and I think that shows confidence from Brennan Johnson. I think it shows growth, growth um, that he's, you know, he can be physical back to these people. He's not just going to be a sort of kicking uh, post for these people. So he, he looked angry and his attitude, you could see in his eyes, this was his game. He was going to sort of pull us through. Uh, I really liked the intent in his eyes. It, it was almost scary. Yeah. And then, then Everton equalised. I, I want to say that we're not going to talk too much about the referee right now. I, yeah. I like a whole mm. thing at the end. <clears throat> I, um, but yeah, so Everton equalised. It was a clear foul on Morgan Gibbs White. It's clearly pulled back. Um, as it, as those things always happen, they, they boil over in the in the, the, the split seconds that follow. And 
you know, it, if Mongers White isn't pulled back, that is a foul. No problem with that. It is a free kick, but it was a clear foul on Morgan Gibbs White. Um, they then take the free kick, you know, but I suppose the free kick is, is a separate phase of play and we had more than an ample opportunity to defend that free kick. It just shouldn't have been coming at us. Um, you know, it's the it's the the kind of the following balls in from a from a set piece of the hardest to mark, and clearly why because the ball's pinging around. Um, it's very hard to 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 kind of prepare for that situation. That's why a lot of managers back back a few years ago used to like the uh, the, the short ball out and ping it around for corners, and it's very hard to pick up and mark from those situations, especially if you're expecting that kind of short pass around. Um, but yeah, it it goes through. Um, Remo Froyler is marking his goal side of Ducore at every point apart from when he heads it through Navas's legs. Nothing Navas could do. Um, he's probably unlucky, actually, that he, he doesn't get a better contact on the header because if he does, he's probably going to save it. Um, but yeah, just a, an all-around poor goal to concede, but a situation we shouldn't have been in. Yeah, um, I think that's what yeah. makes it more frustrating um, mm-hmm. because when you're not given a refereeing decision... That element of it is frustrating when you can yeah. see a sloppy goal like that when it shouldn't have even gone your way. Uh, obviously, very frustrating. So the whole that whole second goal just felt. Uh, I mean, I think I've voice noted you at the time. <laughs> I was quite angry. I went through quite a roller coaster of emotions on Sunday. Um, <laughs> but I think both because you've got both sides of the coin there. Uh, it it just felt. It just felt blood boiling. Um, it was yeah. really frustrating. You thought, here we go. It's one of those days and the referees had such an influence. Like, it's inexcusable that that goal went in, um, but it shouldn't. It should never have gone that way anyway. Um, still, doesn't matter. Even if it hasn't gone away, we still should do better than that. Um, the intent for the second ball was non-existent. Yeah. But... Like I say, the equally frustrating part is shouldn't have gone. So it's it's a really difficult one to face face up to. I think. Yeah, and then and then kind of similar to after the first goal, we start building up really well again. The whole half time, I think I messaged you, JJ, at the time to say, I wish the first half could, could go on for another five ten minutes because I feel like we're we're back in the flow, we're back back mm-hmm. on top type thing. And then half time comes and we come back out, and I think we play really really well second half and, and but much to your before I got about how well we are in the second half much to your point earlier around it shouldn't need us having to go in 2-1 down to Everton for us to to say we're coming out we're, go, we're, we're going to have a really good half of football anyway that's an element of Steve Cooper's management which I, I do quite enjoy uh, which never really see too much in, or have seen too much with a Forest team in my past is that when what, whatever the situation is in a game, if you've got to the second half, you almost think, well, this is going to be better because I think a lot yeah. of the time uh, the second half gives a fresh opportunity and we almost always identify or tweak things. Obviously, not all the time, but we identify or tweak things and, and improve on them in the second half. So... You you always think Steve Cooper can see what's going wrong here, as we all can. Uh, this second half is going to be important because we were growing into it. Um, so yeah, I think it's just nice to have a manager that typically you can go in at half time and think whatever the situation is, something's going to change here. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then, you know, <clears throat> as I alluded to before, we're, we're, we're really good in the second half. We create lots of chances. We, you know, we, we're trying hard. It makes some good substitutions. I think Ayu and Dennis, they're, they're the moments of, of, of proving why they're on the bench. But I, I think overall they were positive moves and they, they tried to force us up the pitch. Um, disappointed Sam Surridge didn't get on. I, I thought they, that he would have been good, but I, I don't, you know, my owls is not to question Steve Cooper. Um, but yeah, and, and then a, a wonderful, wonderful equaliser from Brennan Johnson. Just a, a really great strike. Again, to see the passion, he's not celebrating. He's getting back to the centre circle to get the winner. Um, and, and, you know, the only thing that kind of slightly, I don't want to say disappointed me because overall in the situation we were in, it, it, I'll, I'll take it type thing was, we just didn't really create anything after after the equaliser, I don't think. Like nothing too clear cut, nothing where I thought, you know, kind of squeaky bum in a positive way. And it, we might get some kind of win out of it, but. We had the Brennan Johnson, Brennan Johnson trying to head it on the floor chance yeah. where he slipped, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that's a decent shot from my from from yeah. I was wondering why he was bothering to shoot from there, but obviously he forced Pickford, who's doesn't have strong hands, to uh, spill it. And yeah. seeing a few Everton fans on Twitter actually say that he spills a lot of those back into the path of attackers. So yeah, but maybe maybe I use job. Maybe that was the tactics: bring him on and just sting the palms and see what could happen. Uh, or maybe it was just <laughs> chance. But there you go. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, overall, I think if you'd have asked me at the start of the game, I probably would have talked to all. Um, obviously wanted to win for, for for clear reasons around pushing ourselves further away from relegation. But I think it was more important for us not to lose this game than it was uh, versus Everton needed to win it, if you know what I mean, to kind of get them yeah. out of the bottom. It was definitely a must not lose. Um, mm. I just thought it was... It wasn't a great performance. Um, and now we, we can talk about positives and we can mention um, good elements of the game, but equally at the same breath, there were frustrating elements of the game. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Wood, yeah, he did well for the first goal uh, to lay it off for Gibbs White, um, but largely ineffective, I think. He won his duels now and then, but... I think we changed the way we play with him there. Um, And I think, you know, if you're going to play with Chris Ward, get a decent ball into the box. And that's a frustrating thing that I felt was lacking. But Aurier, Loddy and Johnson, uh, their crosses were pretty awful. Um, I think I messaged you in a Marty fashion saying they couldn't cross a road uh, on Sunday. (laughs) But obviously that was just frustrating. But I think... um, I think the main the main thing was the midfield three didn't feel right to me. Uh, and my point is here, it's a must not lose. I would have liked to have won. Um, and I think most of the game, you could argue that it's quite worrying that we're not winning against Everton at home when that's supposed to be our fortress. However, when you want the positive spin, uh, the reintroduction of Ryan Yates makes me think, now that he's back... Um, and that any Forest fan that doubts Ryan Yates just go back and watch that game and watch what happens when he comes on because he changed it completely and I think the midfield three that we did start with are way too similar um, 
John Joe Shelby was almost just trying to ping passes out for the sake of it uh, to find something. It just wasn't working, and he kept doing it. Uh, But Ryan Yates' introduction changed the game completely, I think. Uh, Spirited, he cares, and he he fights, and he offers something different, and he battles, and he gets stuck in. Um, And it was a fantastic 20-minute, 30-minute cameo whenever he came on. So that element of things uh, makes me think, Ryan Yates coming back, I think, is massive for that midfield because the midfield free to me is still of concern. Um, but then you think of people like Nia Carte, Taiwo, um, who else is out? There's quite a few of them, aren't there? Uh, Koyate, a million, mm-hmm. a million people. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, f- I forget where my point originally started was, but it was a must not lose. Uh, part of it was concerning that we didn't win, uh, but there are elements of it that gave you hope and positivity. If we can get the right people in and the right people firing, then we'll we'll be all right. Um, but yeah. it, it was a horrible game to watch. I did not enjoy it at all. Yeah, I think we'll see a very swift return to Froehler, Yates, and Mangala in midfield. That 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 trio that was working so well before. I think Yates obviously was injured, wasn't he, with his with his bomb ticker or whatever happened. Um, and then obviously I think Mangala's had it been out or certainly been out of the team. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll see a swift return to those three with, with, I think, I think as well um, with the players we've signed uh, recently with Freuler moving a bit further forward. While I think that's really good, you know, Freuler can definitely do that. I don't think it's helped his game because he has been switching between the two. No, I have. Um, Freuler's been quite ineffective for me recently. Um, I say recently, like the last two games. I, I, I don't know whether he might need a period of time out of the squad and try Shelby with Yates and Mangala or or what, but something needs to change in that midfield three. Um, what was the what was the what was the game where the one be- basically the one I think it was the Leeds game. I think the game before Danilo started holding with Froyle further forward, and then against Leeds, the one where Danilo got took over at half time. And against Leeds, Freud was holding, Danilo was further up. And I think it's that kind of thing that I know he's a, I know he's a professional footballer who plays international football, plays Champions League and all that, but that kind of this week you're doing this, this week you're doing that, this yeah. week you're doing this, it, it, it can throw you out. And I, I think if Remo Freuler had stayed as the holding midfielder for, for this whole time, we wouldn't be talking about Remo Freuler having a couple of a couple of off games. But I don't think he was particularly that bad against um, Everton. Yes, he I, should have followed Boré, yeah. but he's he's not bad. Uh, don't like any person listening to this for one second thinking I'm think Freuler is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I just think out of that midfield three, if there's needs to be an introduction of two, be that Yates, Mangala, or Yates and Danilo. Uh, the one I'd keep out the free at the minute is is Shelby. I think I'd keep him in. Um, yeah. So who knows? It's something that we, you know, it's it's not great that we still need to tinker with the midfield free this late into the season. But, you know, that's going to happen. Um, I think we did find the balance with Freuler, Yates and Mangala. Um, I think that they offered something different to each other. Uh, so I wouldn't be averse to seeing that again. However, then you think, you know, is that a bit harsh on, Shelby, who's come in and shown himself to be quite uh, adept at doing a job. So I think you'll Jack probably... Back. I mean, fair play to him. Yeah. He's, he's given it a really good go. So it's a difficult I think situation. The, I think he'll use the buddy system like he seems to have done with the centre-backs in pairing them up. So I think he'll probably go 
Freuler and Danilo are the holders. So if one can't play, the other one will play rather than rotating it. And then um, Yates and Colback are the combative box-to-box type midfielder. Uh, the enforcer, I suppose to say. I know, I know Colbert doesn't quite do the box-to-box like Yates does, but of that ilk. And then the other one will be the kind of more cultured... Um, the ball pinger. Yeah, yeah. Shelby so, Scarpers, I think. Well, Shelby and Mangala, I think Scarper will be probably a bit pushed a bit further forward again. I think Scarper only really played in the field because we had a few injuries, didn't he? I, d- I did um, like him in that position. Get, I, I do too, but I think... Give it to someone that can... Provide yeah. a bit of vision, but either way, that again shows that the midfield three is very complicated. Um, yeah, I think we're starting to settle yeah. on a back four now. Um, Warrell yeah. and Felipe, I think, is a good partnership. Looking forward to seeing near Carter and Felipe. Obviously, Lodi and Aurier, I, I think, right themselves. Henderson or Navas, take your pick, both fantastic. Brennan yeah. and Gibbs White, first names on the team sheet. Striker, obviously, we're in a difficult position at the minute. It could be any one of Wood, Surridge, or Tywo. If Tywo's back, 100% start him. Uh, but then it's just that midfield three, like I say, that, that is a bit concerning at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So just 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 briefly before we discuss the uh, Spurs game, or Spuds as I like to call them on Saturday, uh, the referee, uh, I'd like to start off by saying that this was both ways. He wasn't just bad for us, he was bad for Everton as well, but mainly on things that affected us. Um, players like Ben Godfrey. Well, I start start overall. Anybody who's ever had the misery of watching Burnley under Sean Dyche will know that his teams get away with literal murder because it's expected of them. I think it's absolutely shambolic. Um, it happened again, and now he's Everton manager. Some of the tackles that Ben Godfrey put in on Brennan Johnson, he probably could have had four or five yellow cards. Um, Demari Gray should have been sent off. He he legged up Joe Worrell. If any was if it was the other way around, if it was Joe Worrell and Demari Gray as a defender and a striker, it, a yellow card all day long because Joe Worrell doesn't make a fuss out of it. It's not. He then gets booked in the second half. Uh, Tarkovsky, that thing. Yes, it was a yellow card. Um, but Lodi's what through one on one on goal. It's was just it, was it Johnson? I thought I thought he was. On, either way, it, it you know he should have been played on. Um, he's just he's pandering to an to an ideal of this is oh this is just what they do. Well, it's, no, no, no. Everybody plays on the same on the same plane yeah. and should be treated the same. And then stuff like that, their second goal again. You know, we should have defended all parts of that better, but the ball should be going into their box, not into ours. Um, just just little things like that. He, he just he didn't shower himself in any form of glory. Um, and referees like that, they, they they tend to, you know, they start getting card happy when people start boiling over and people are only boiling over because of their decisions. And, you know, refereeing is a very difficult job, but they all choose to be there, don't they? So it's just it's, yeah, it's really difficult when you see them affecting games in a negative way rather than enabling a game to happen. Yeah. Steve Cooper made the point to several media outlets. So obviously after post-game, he's got, He's not just got local media to do. He's got TV media, blah blah blah. And I've I watch his post match conferences, blah blah blah. It goes to all the various formats. He made the same point about the referee on each one and mentioned his influence in, in games. Which, as as we know, Steve Cooper picks his words very carefully and he says what he means, and he means what he says. 
So therefore, he wanted to make the point um, of the referee influencing the game in a negative way. Um, I think the fact that you know people are saying he's, he's a Leicester fan, I don't think that's really a thing. Uh, I don't think we can question the bloke's integrity. Um, however, well, Jacob can. However, that nobody's going to be looking online to see who he supports if he just has a good game. Uh, Everton fans would probably be Googling to make sure that he doesn't support Liverpool. It's uh, mm. it's one of those where he was so poor for both sides. I think largely he went in Everton's favour. Um, I'd say he was 70% poor for us and 30% poor for them. Um, but just the influence he had on, on big moments, um, I, you just really don't like to see it at this level. Uh, and really, in reality, the influence he's having is on two teams that are sort of fighting for survival. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's particularly good enough. Obviously, Forrest have submitted the appeal. Uh, what I don't know what that's going to do. We're not going to get any points back. They're not going to rescind that second goal. So what's the point? Maybe, you know, the next they'll tell the referees be a bit more nicer to Forrest and we might get a fucking decision. Who knows? I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> But we just got Sean Dyched. Um, they knew what they were doing. They were defence against the dark arts in us and time-wasting <laughs> and kicking us and winding us up. And the referee definitely lost control of the game. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. Big time. Um, so it, it was a real shame. And, you know, once I've slept on the game on, on the Monday morning, I don't think the game is half as bad as I felt when I was watching it on Sunday. But the reason it felt so frustrating on Sunday was because of that refereeing performance, I think. Because it was, not only was it boiling over on the pitch, but watching it at home, and I'm sure watching it in the ground, um, it was just it was just blood boiling. Like, it was so frustrating to see, and it's, it's just a shame. I know he's had his uh, controversies in recent weeks. I think he got took off a few games because he didn't draw the lines or something properly. I can't remember what it was for, but he, yeah, um, so he's recently had a bit of controversy, but he was just shit and it's a shame to see. And I think it has affected the result negatively. Um, either way, the, the game we got a point, so let's like let's f- move on, suck it and move on, as you always say, which is a saying I'm oh, not why familiar you with. Why you might have to move on, that sounds more appropriate. Um, <laughs> So we, got, <laughs> we got we got Sean Dyche. Uh, you can tell it's a man that is sat week in, week out of the city ground and, and watched Forrest and knew what to do to get a result. I never want to see him back. He's no him and Wone Stone are not Forest legends anymore. I hate them all. Boo. Um <laughs> and yeah, what what can you do? Frustrating, yeah. but a point I, gained. I, I, yeah, I did. Uh, somebody I used to work with was a really good friend who's an Everton fan. We were talking kind of throughout the game, and at the end, he was saying that, you know, his his take was this resort's not really good for either of us. And I think it's better for us, but I, I just feel sorry for him because if they stay up and he, and he keeps the job, he's going to have to watch that week and week out. <laughs> I would honestly, the thought, <laughs> I know there's a forest connection there, but the thought that we might have to one day put with that. Or or whatever, I just can't deal with it. It's, it's yeah. horrible, horrible mm. anti football. There's a, there's a reason he didn't progress from Brian Clough's youth team, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think he's um, a good manager. He's got it in him. He's just the way he, he gets the results is, is not nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if that's uh, 
it's horses for courses, isn't it? I, I, I don't think he's ever going to get, you know, that, that, did he get a seventh place for Burnley? Which is just, just absolutely phenomenal. Mm. But, you know, if you have to do what he does to get you there, I'm not sure it's not, not sure it's yeah. worth it. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I think we've yammed on about that game enough. Um, so on to uh, Spurs Saturday, three o'clock. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday night, so there's a few days left to go before that game. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I think it's a it's a it's a free hit, isn't it? Um, the way we played against them at home, um, second home game of the season, I want to say. Um, I thought we at the one of us still one of our absolute best performances, and I think we just got the difference was England's best ever striker, wasn't it? Um, or statistically best ever striker, anyway. Um, a free, a free hit, but it's one of those ones. That, can you? I know it's again. I know it's away, but can you put anything past Steve Cooper? You know, the, we beat Liverpool. We've drawn Man City. Yeah, you can. Draw um, you can. You can put something past against Steve Cooper, and that's playing well at away from home. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to happen this this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, so. Yeah. I'm going to be optimistic and, and hope for a nil-nil. JJ, what are you going for? <laughs> um, difficult one. I think Spurs are a team that if they turn up and they fully utilise mm. the talent they've got, we could look at an absolute drub in here. If Spurs play like Spurs can play um, mm-hmm. and show the Spursy side, they just <laughs> lost to Wolves. Um, it wouldn't Lost shock that. me if we... Lose to West Ham quite badly, scrape a point against Everton, um, and then beat Spurs away. That wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me at all. Such is the nature of football. Um, I think we're playing them at a good time because they're a bit weird at the minute. They're looking like they might throw away their chances of top four, which, for the way that Liverpool and Chelsea have been playing, um, I'm surprised that's even in question. So. I, I'll be honest. Uh, you're, you've got a glass off for my glass is completely empty with the way that we play no, away. Not. I would take. I think a loss is expected. My only hope is um, a good performance away from home, and at least looking like we're going to do something or or be in it is is what I want. I'm expecting to lose because it is Tottenham, a typical big six team. Um, but I just want to see us play well away from home. Yeah. And uh, I know this is going to be kind of a, it's a new fancy stadium. Apparently it's one of the best I actually watched football and it was designed with actually watching football in mind, not just with how fancy and big we can make it. So anyone going down there, have a, have a great day. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go to that. Sta- it's one of those yeah. stadiums that I'd love to go to. Looks incredible. Um, we got told yeah. by a friend that, he was going to sort his tickets. Uh, well, an acquaintance, a scumbag, um, <laughs> that he was going to get his tickets. But you know what? It's the Tuesday for the game, and do we have any tickets? We don't have anything, mate. Don't have anything. Don't have nothing. Don't have nothing. nothing. So nothing. he said he'd uh, he'd speak to the powers at B and get some tickets, but his performance was akin to uh, our West Ham one. It's not good it enough. Came to, 
akin to a West Ham. Right? You'll get that. You won't get that. He's, not got, the, he's not got the analogy, has he, mate? Not got the minerals. But anyway, enjoy the stadium. I'm very, very jealous. Uh, it yeah. looks incredible. And it's, you know, it's sort of a reminder of where we are. We're in the Premier League and we're visiting stadiums like this. So enjoy your day out regardless of the result. Absolutely. And if you're listening for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. And if you've come back time and time again, you're it. You're it.